1: Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, a church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. 10. And today we continue in a new study in The Word. The series, in fact, is called The Word. This one book has sold more copies than any other book in the world. Number one bestseller today. Ever left the top spot. But recent polls and studies say it's getting dustier as folks aren't picking it up as much. Pastor Sean reminds us of something the Word says. It's alive. Reachingforreallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. If you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry right now, there's a place to give at reachingforreallife.org. The message today is called It's Alive. It's in the series called The Word. Sean starts off in Hebrews chapter 4, 4. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio.
2: If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to Hebrews chapter 4. We've been talking about the Word because God has put on our hearts to just hammer home again the importance of being people of the Word and how if we are all in the Word on a regular basis, we will be connected and we won't be kind of drifting with the rest of culture. The Barna Group did a study called the Bible in America study, and they report that 62% of the people in the community surrounding our churches would like to read the Bible more. I mean, I looked at that stat, and I found that a little bit surprising. But yet, I think if you talk about intention and about kind of a sense that, man, yeah, there's some eternal truth there, and I wish I understood it more, and I, just this desire, I, I can see that. Another study reports that 87% of people in our churches want help to understand the Bible better. And I believe That I've seen and experienced that. Yet Bible reading is waning. So this desire seems to be there, but actual reading of the Bible is waning. Recent studies demonstrate that in one generation, the number of occasional Bible readers has fallen by 20%. That's the equivalent of 700 people a day. If this trend continues by 2040, two-thirds of America will have no meaningful connection with the Bible. And that, sadly, I don't find surprising and Man, we are all about spreading the word of God and helping more people live real life by passionately following Jesus. That's our mission. More people living real life by passionately following Jesus. And I'm concerned that America is losing its touch with the truth of the scripture. But I'm more concerned that the church is losing its touch with the grounding and the rootedness in the word of God. Because I see all the time how more and more we are heavily influenced by news, by, by blogs that we read, by social media, and it informs how we feel and how we act. And while I don't think we should be cut off, I don't think we should be people who stick our head in the sand and aren't aware of what's happening around us, I do know that news and trends and how people feel, they go up and they down and they change. And The thing that is definitely the thing today won't be two weeks from now. And it just is the way the world is. And there is something in the Word of God that is grounded. And it's true. And it's life-changing. And it transcends time. It has, for thousands of years, stood the test of time. Now, we've walked through this series. We started, remember, in Matthew chapter 4, the temptation of Jesus. And he made that incredible statement when he was being tempted. And he said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And that is a powerful statement. And what we understood is the word is not just a source of learning, but the source of life. That's what Jesus is saying. There's something, the word of God isn't just information. It is the source of life. Man doesn't live by bread. As much as we need, we need food, our spirit needs God's word. And he wasn't just using colorful language and kind of metaphors. He's really teaching us something critical and important. Then we looked at the parable of the sower and the soils, and we saw the secret to hearing the word is preparing the soil. That whole parable is about hearing. Let him who has ears to hear, hear. Some people go, well, I read the Bible, but I don't hear God say anything. I don't, I don't understand. And that parable, I think, is the key. The key is to prepare the soil. And we can do that, we talked about ways to do that. The soil is our heart, our receptivity, our openness to the word of God. And last week we learned the word is divinely, divinely powerful because the word is divinely true. It is divinely true. And this is a big debated subject. And some people are like, oh, the word's nice, it's got some great stories, and the scriptures are fine. And, you know, there's some moral lessons, and that's wonderful. But, but this idea of it being true. And we saw that the word is authoritative. In other words, it is dependable for us to live our lives, and we are under the authority of the word of God. It is accurate. And it has stood the test of time. And that's what the Word of God is. If you've missed any of these messages, I want to encourage you to go to reallife.org. You can go to the sermons page, or you can go through the app and catch up and find these. Because the Word of God is critical. That's what we're learning. It is a gift of the Lord. And today we're going to see a whole new dimension here in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, I'm going to begin reading at verse 12. Here's what the Word says. For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing. Listen, soul and spirit, joints and marrow. In other words, it is powerful and it is so penetrating between the bone, the joints and the marrow. It gets in you. It divides between soul and spirit. Listen, what else it says? It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. That doesn't sound quite as much fun. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Let me pray for us. Lord, this is your word. This is your word to me, to us. I pray that we would surrender ourselves to its leadership, to your leadership, that we hear what you want to say to us, that we would let it penetrate deeply into our soul and spirit, into our mind, And then that we would have the courage to walk out the leadership that it gives. We thank you, and we trust you. Thank you for your word, in Jesus' name, amen. The word is alive and active, it said. Another translation says it's living. In other words, it's not dead and static. The word is something, it's not just an old book that gives us some good information and some good lessons. There is a sense that it is living and active, and it interacts with us. And that idea of it dividing. To the deepest portions of who we are. Describes it as sharp, penetrating, and discerning. Think about that. Sharper than a double edged sword. It's penetrating, it's discerning. It's like a surgeon. Like a spiritual and moral surgeon that goes and does work on my heart and goes, Man, that's a thing you've allowed to live in your heart, Azaro. You need to cut that out. That's like a cancer. We need to do surgery. Or that's something, that's a, that's a small flame. We need to fan that into a big fire in your heart. And he's like a surgeon. This one, declaring judgment on the thoughts and the attitudes of my heart. Ooh, I don't like that. Declaring judgment. In other words, I don't sit and judge the word. Well, I don't think that's true. Well, you know, this is cultural. Well, I don't get to do that. The word of God judges the thoughts and the attitudes of my heart. It lays bare the deepest secrets, the motives and the intentions of my heart and soul. And you know, as if, if you're not feeling a little bit of pressure right now, you're not hearing me. Because I know that there's that when you start talking about your motives and your intentions, because we can do the most wonderful things, and we can do them for the wrong motives. Oh, God, you know, I love to serve the poor. And, you know, if I'm doing serving the poor and all of a sudden I notice, hey, I'm really wanting to make sure I'm noticed serving the poor. That people see how much I serve the poor. How about if I'm generous? You know, if you find that you want to be noticed for your generosity and people to think of you as this person who is, you know, this supporter, this generous person, you're you're getting a different reward. Generosity is good. Serving the poor is really good. They're great. Jesus said, don't stand and pray on a street corner to be noticed. Don't give your alms to be noticed. There's something in my heart that wants to be noticed. And when I stand before the word of God, it points that out. And it reminds me, yeah, 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 you need to go. Instead of praying on the street corner to be noticed, Azaro, I want to meet you in the secret place where only you and I see, where nobody else sees. Then there's the only motive is to hear from me and to receive what I have for you. That's what the Word of God, it goes, cuts to the core, and it doesn't allow any self-deception to kind of be there. It lays it all bare. I love that. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is uncovered and laid bare. There's this idea almost as spiritually just naked before him. It's like I can't cover it up. I can't pretend. I can't hide. The Word of God penetrates, and it does so, according to the Scripture, before the Eyes of him to whom we must give account. See, it doesn't matter if you like judgment or if you want to give account. Some people are like, no, I reject judgment. Judgment, I, I just I think judgment's too hard. I, I reject it. I reject it. I'm not going to go to the judgment. Oh, really? Well, I'll let God know. He's going to be sorry to receive your RSVP, you know. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I say. You see, we are created beings and we are going to stand before our Creator. You go, well, I don't believe that. Well, you do understand that what you believe or don't believe doesn't change the reality. You know that, right? Like, we, I think somehow we've convinced ourselves that what I believe or don't believe changes reality. We all got here. We are here, right? We would all acknowledge that is true. The evidence is sitting in this room. We are all here. What we believe about how we got here doesn't change the reality of how we got here. We can argue, we can disagree, but the reality doesn't shift with our arguments, <laughs> And the scripture says, we will give an account before a creator. And the, you know what? Know what's really hard? We go, well, well, I just don't think that's right. How about we vote God out? We don't get to vote the creator out. We will stand before him and give account because he's God. He's the creator. And that's what the scripture says. The word of God is preparing us for that. See, I have to deal with this. This will not be dismissed. And note the focus. The focus is on my heart, my soul, my thoughts, and my attitude. Do you notice how the word works from the inside out and it's changing me? It's changing me. It's not teaching me how all those other people are bad. That's not really the real focus. That's the what I want to make the focus. You know, I want to read that word, mm, I told him, mm, mm, I was right. Instead of looking at the word and Letting it do what the Word says it wants to do. You remember what we've quoted this scripture every week, or the message, why stop now? 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and have firmly believe, knowing from whom you've learned it and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, listen, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. The Word wants to make me different. It wants to change my understanding, enlighten me,
1: transform me. And this is where we take a quick break to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church, in this message called It's Alive. It's in the series called The Word, which is available right now on the sermon page at reachingforreallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others just find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. And in fact, your gift of any amount will get you the latest book from Pastor Sean Azarro.
2: Then, verse 16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Why? That the man of God, the woman of God, may be complete, equipped for every good work. You, you notice those phrases make us wise for salvation, make us complete, make us equipped see the point is what we become and if you're taking notes here's the main point of the message and i want you to take with you the point of the word isn't the information it delivers but the transformation it demands the point of the word isn't the information it delivers and there's some great information great historical understanding great spiritual lessons and that's all true that's fine But the point of the word isn't the information it delivers, but the transformation that it demands, and it demands of me. Now, if you're using the paper notes, you may notice that there's a little edit that you need to make. Okay, that's on me. I made a change later in the week. So just change it. Sue me. (laughs) If you don't have the paper notes and you're going off the app or whatever, then you're, you're fine. The point of the word, listen, isn't the information it delivers but the transformation it demands. See, the word is all about life change. Did you know that? When I go before the word, I am presenting myself to be changed, to be transformed. You see, the word speaks. It reveals. It convicts. It gets inside you. That's the design. It gets inside your heart, your soul, and your mind. It's in you. An article in Live Science reported that 16-year-old Adrian Locatelli, a French high school student, transcribed parts of the Hebrew book of Genesis and the Arabic language Quran into DNA and injected them into his body. One text into each thigh, which is how you would do that, of course. Okay, first of all, I'm just like, well, either this is the dumbest kid in the world or smartest kid in the world. I don't know. Goes on to say, DNA is just a long molecule that can store information. Mostly it stores the information living things use to go about their business. But it can be used to store just about any kind of information that can be written down. Didn't know that. A whole world of possibilities just opened up for me. But this kid literally did this. Injected this coded, encoded DNA with the book of Genesis... And the Arabic version of the Quran, parts of the Quran, into his each thigh. He explained, "I did this experiment for the symbol of peace between religions and science. I think that for a religious person, it can be good to inject himself his religious text." Okay. I, I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's the best way to. I'm, I'm like, dude, if you're going to ingest it, it's paper. Just tear out a page and eat it. That wouldn't be that hard. I mean, it, <laughs> but he's more scientific than I am. Okay. He went on to say he didn't experience any significant health problems following the procedure, although he reported some minor inflammation around the injection site on his left thigh for a few days. Of course you would. You'd expect that. It's like he's missing the whole point, man, or the guy who tries to take it and eat it, whatever. It is supposed to get inside you, but no, no, it gets inside your heart. It gets inside your soul your mind challenging you to become the Christ follower you were created to be. You understand God created you for something, and he is doing a work in you, and the word is his gift to bring about that transformation. That's the word of God. That's why it's living and active. Now, there are three unique transformative revelations of God's word that make it living and active, and I want to highlight those real quickly this morning. The first is the message of Scripture. The message of the Scriptures. That's what we're reading. That's what we're talking about. What God has said throughout history through the Scriptures that have been handed down. His Holy Spirit inspired. They're God-breathed. His Holy Spirit oversaw the process of canonization and protected the Scripture. It's God speaking, revealing his nature, his heart, and his intention. So, Pastor Scripture, I want you to see in your own copy of the Bible, whether it's electronic paper or whatever, Psalm 19. Okay, turn to Psalm 19 real quickly because it talks about that written word, the scripture. Psalm 19, beginning at verse seven. Here's what the psalmist says. He says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Now, some of you may bristle at that because rules in general you have an allergy to. I understand that. Okay, I've attended the the support group meetings, okay? I get it. But he says the rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And then listen why he says this. Listen to the passion he has for the word of God. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. It's like he he loves it. The words are sweet on my lips. I'm so passionate for it. It's more valuable to me than gold. And then he says, moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. They're precious and valuable. All these are creative ways of describing the Scripture, the message of Scripture that has been handed down. In verse 7 through 9, he lays out two very specific aspects of the Scripture, and he kind of uses them as parallels as he goes through this. The first aspect is what the Scriptures are. And here's a list of what he says about the Scriptures, what they are. They are perfect. They are perfect. They are without flaw. They are sure. In other words, they're trustworthy, they're right. The scriptures are right in what they address. They are pure. And, and another translation says they're radiant. They're so pure and brilliant. They're clean. And the word it uses is the same word used to talk about ceremonially clean. In other words, the implication of holiness. And they are true. They are true in all that they address. That's what we talked about last week. The word is divinely powerful because the word is divinely true. And that's what he says. So all these things, you want to know about these scriptures of ours? They're perfect, they're sure, they're right, they're pure, they're clean, they're true. But he doesn't just stop there. He tells us what they do. In these parallel kind of declarations that he's making, he tells us what they do. They revive the soul. i got to tell you, I relate to that one. They revive the soul. A lot of us are tired. And we've been through one heck of a year. We have been through pandemic and still wrestling with that. We've been through racial strife and upheaval and questioning, been through a horribly contentious and embarrassing election. We've been through all these things, and you just get tired. And that doesn't even include our personal stuff, right? That doesn't include my family stuff, my job stuff, you know, the stuff in my world, the people who I care about who are suffering. That didn't include any of that. And you just get tired. And if you've ever been there where you've opened the word and all of a sudden, oh, it's just like water on your soul. It's refreshing. It revives my soul. Because I'm reminded, oh, there's a God. I'm reminded that these crazy voices that are proclaiming truth that is obviously and demonstrably false and ridiculous, they're not going to have the final word. There is an eternal and a true word. And it is refreshing for my soul. It gives me hope. It revives my soul. I get that. I've experienced that. Second thing he says, it makes wise the simple. Isn't that interesting? It makes wise the simple. So many people in our culture, intellectuals and, and, and critical thinking and critical scholarship and academia and all these complexities and they change and they're so critical and so bombastic. And when you think, imagine a a person who's just simple. Don't read and they're ignorant, but a simple person. And you know anybody like that who's just simple. They're just not swayed by all the stuff. Maybe they're not as plugged in as you might think. They just kind of live their life. But because of the Word of God, there's a wisdom. And all around them is good fruit in their life, in their family, in their career, their profession. They just go, what is it, man, their marriage? Everything about them is just good fruit because the scriptures, the word has made wise, the simple, a simple man, a simple woman, but they have this deep wisdom. And while All of those who are so sophisticated and such experts kind of prattle on and what is the big thing today fades away and gives way to the big thing of tomorrow. Those who walk in this wisdom of simplicity of the word of God The timeless truth that has transcended and outlasted all others. There's just something about that. That's what the word does. It makes wise the simple. Causes rejoicing of the heart. Experience that one. Rejoicing of the heart. Oh, God, I thank you that what we experience, what we see, all the stuff isn't all there is. It enlightens the eyes. In other words, I see things more clearly. I love this, it endures forever. He he talks about this, this word endures forever. And then last, declares absolute righteousness. You want to know what absolute righteousness is? What right, the true rightness. The word of God declares it. See, there's what the word is and what the word does. And then in Romans 15, four, we read this, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. He's talking about the scripture. That through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. The Scriptures are so rich and so deep. Because of that, they give us hope. Remember how 2 Timothy 3.16 described the Scripture? Profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, for training in righteousness. That the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. See, the message of Scripture is powerful stand before it. It is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. See, the point of the word isn't the information it delivers, but the transformation it demands.
1: That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio, and if you'd like to hear this full message in the series called The Word, it's available right now on demand at reachingforreallife.org. And we'd also love to hear from you on our contact page or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue.